So Avi Mizraki and his family have uh, been an integral part of our lives. I think the last time Avi was here to minister, I counted back, was in 2006. They have founded ministries. They're involved throughout Israel. Uh, he'll share some of all those things, but I'll share our story with them. We've been to their their place many times and been blessed to be a part of it. They've ministered to us. Uh, you were here during August of 2006. I'll always remember that because we called that Israel my beloved, and we dedicated the entire month to bring Israelis to speak to us about God's love for Israel. And we, we had you guys, we had just a gazillion people. It was a conflict, lots of warfare, as you imagine, but it, it, it established something that we, uh, I know God blessed us for, and I'm looking for the blessing. We've just all been part of praying for Israel into, into Shavuot, to Pentecost. It was Kathy McCoy's dream. She said, I don't know if we're ready for this, but what if we were to take that theme, Israel, my beloved, and focus on a month. And we gathered all of the different ministers that we knew, and they knew especially. And, and we just would take every Sunday, every Wednesday. We did conferences. It was just a full-on time of, of intensity and victory. Uh, we were in prayer as we are today. We, we were having 24-7 prayer. Now we, only, we do prayer on the sanctuary from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Wednesdays. And... Right as we began that, on the first day of August, we had a youth prayer watch. It went from 6 to midnight. And as we finished it, and we entered into the first of August, uh, my wife, Cammie, was stricken with an, an intestinal, dis, uh, uh, it just like cramped her intestine, closed up, and we didn't know that at the time. Just uh, It was awful. She was pretty much in through that entire thing out. We would try to keep advancing, but she was in, finally it ended up in a surgery. And the funny thing is when the doctor, the surgeon came back and said, you know, this is so strange because this is like something you see in Northern European Jews, this kind of uh, affliction to your, that it happened in, in your intestines. So uh, it's kind of one of those, she came out at Labor Day, so it was like, but Israel is God's beloved and therefore has been contended over. God is very jealous, first off, you don't want to be married to God. He is the most jealous God you'll ever know, as a husband especially. And Deuteronomy, you have the whole picture of, of how we choose to just go away from him. But he is marking the world through Israel. And you can pretty much know what's happening anytime and anywhere by knowing that the borders and boundaries of all nations have been determined by the people of Israel, not by their actions, but by God's promise and sworn by an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and so forth. So to have Avi Mizraki here to minister to us from the land of Israel, from a calling that's gone three, three four decades now, I believe this is an honor from heaven for our commitment to Israel over all of these years, the 
McCoy's living there from 1999, then the Kuskies following them, and soon Brian and Veda's uh, son, Shane, and Hannah and their children are moving to Israel to begin a, an outpost from the ministry they're working from. So yeah, so Avi Mizraki, please come up. Let's welcome Avi Mizraki. I want to thank Jubilee Church and Pastor Steve for faithfully supporting us. And I'm going to take a minute and honor your pastor. Is this okay? Yeah. Pastor Steve, can you come back, please? I brought you a small gift. It is a special anointing oil in an olive wood, how do you call it, vase, whatever you call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's scented with myrrh and frankincense. It's made, this olive oil is made in the Galilee by the Nazareth area. Okay. And I just want to give you this, and I just want to pray that the Lord will continue mm -hmm. to anoint you to preach the good news, mm -hmm. to heal the brokenhearted, and set the captives free. Mm -hmm. So, Lord, I bless my dear, dear friend, Pastor Steve, with this anointing oil from Israel. Amen. In Yeshua's name. Thank you. You're welcome. So, um, so since you were not able to come to Israel, so I'm bringing Tel Aviv, Israel to you. So I'm going to show you a video now. It's a three-minute video about our ministry, Dugit, in Tel Aviv. Let's show them the video. Israel. Here we are in Kikar Dizengoff, the center of Tel Aviv, located next to our prayer tower and to our coffee house and our distribution center. Dugit in Hebrew means a small fishing boat. We are fishes of men in the heart of Tel Aviv. Here we are at Dugit Coffee House, Aogen in Hebrew, the anchor. Come, join us for a good cup of coffee. Shalom, Pastor Ago. Shalom, Pastor Abi. Well, tell us about Aogen, what's going on here? We here at Café Ogun have some of the best coffee in Tel Aviv, and we also share the message of Yeshua, the Messiah. Wow, this is wonderful. We use Ogun Coffee House for special art exhibition, live music events, and outreaches to the streets of Tel Aviv. We are at Dugit Distribution Center. This is where we feed Russian new immigrants, Holocaust survivors, and needy families. Pastor David, so good to see you. Tell us Hello. what's happening here. We are here at the Dugit Distribution Center in the heart of Tel Aviv, where we help every month 150 families. We have another location in the city of Rishon Ritzion, where we help another 50 families every month. This is wonderful. We are so happy that we are able to help all these needy families right here in the center of Tel Aviv. We as believers, we know the power of prayer. For this reason, we established Dugit Prayer Tower in Tel Aviv. Shalom, Morel. Tell us about this prayer tower. What's going on here? Local Israeli believers and Christians around the world join together to worship and pray for the salvation of Israel. This is wonderful because prayer works. Times have changed. And we at Dugit Outreach Center, we want to reach out to as many Israelis through the internet and the social media. Evan, tell us about Shelano TV. Thank you, Avi. 
We here at Chilano TV, we are a 24-7 internet channel and social media platform with only one goal, and that is to reach out to the Israelis with the truth of Yeshua. We have talked to thousands of people, we have sent out hundreds of books, and we are just privileged that Dugit supports us and partnerships with us. So thank you, Avi. Well, this is wonderful news. The gospel is reaching to Israelis in Hebrew in the own language to the internet and the social media. Praise God. We are at Adonaiwe congregation led by our senior pastor, Nati Silman. Nati, tell us about the congregation. Well, thank you, Avi, and thank you so much for your support for the congregation. And this is a place where we believe all people can come together and find the love of the Lord, find salvation. And uh, we're just so grateful to Dugit for everything that Dugit has uh, done for us and is doing for us uh, here in Tel Aviv. So thank you so much, Avi. Yes, and it's wonderful that we have a beautiful congregation in the center in downtown Tel Aviv. Adonai Rui, the Lord is my shepherd. Wow, it's so exciting what God is doing in Israel today to Dugit Outreach Center in Tel Aviv. So I want to encourage you, if you're not a partner, to be engaged with what God is doing here in the land and support us in such a time as this. God bless you. Shalom. So did you enjoy this free trip to Tel Aviv a few minutes? Good, good. Well, let's turn to uh, Psalm 122. Psalm 122. I'll read from verse 1. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together, where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to the testimony of Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord. Verse 6, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Let me stop you for a second and ask you, how many of us want to prosper? Only 10 people? What about the rest of you? We all want to prosper, right? Okay. For you to prosper, you have to love us in Israel. That's the condition. You don't want to love us? Don't prosper. <laughs> the first part is pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Now, you know, I read my Bible in Hebrew, and I really want to encourage you to study Hebrew because there's such a richness there. In Hebrew, it's Sha'alu Shalom Yerushalayim. Well, the word pray, Sha'alu, is really... Um, find out, inquire, ask. So God is telling us that he wants us to find out, to inquire and pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Why? Because when you find out, then you can pray more specifically. Amen? Yeah. Well, it will be the same thing if, let's say, I'm, I live in Tel Aviv, Israel, and I've never been in America, and somebody says, Avi, please pray for America, and I've never been in America, so what do I know? So I said, Lord, I pray for the, pre uh, the President of the United States, Biden, and I pray for Mickey, Mickey Mouse, and I pray <laughs> because I have no clue. I have no clue what's going on. So do you think those prayers are effective? Of course not. But when I want to have my prayers effective, I say, okay, I'm going to fly all the way to Los Angeles yeah. 
that's far, that's a long flight. So I come here to meet my brother, Steve, and as friends, we sit down and find out what's happening. We're spending lunch together, have coffee together, and then we pray, but then we pray specifically because we have relationship. Well, it's the same thing with the KC of Jerusalem. God wants us to you to find out what's happening in Jerusalem, in Israel. And when you pray, he wants you to pray for peace. Now, let me ask you this. When you pray for peace, what are you really praying? Oh, we're praying for world peace. No, I'm not talking much against that. I'm for that. But God is interested, first of all, to do what? He wants that, people, that he will rule and reign in people's heart as the Prince of Peace. Amen? So what are you praying? For the salvation that all Israel shall be saved. You're praying the perfect will of God. You see, just before we started the service today, we were praying in the prayer room, and the guy was quoting the scripture from Isaiah, and I said, I cannot believe it. You're, you're, you're praying my, my, my sermon. Because in Isaiah 52, and I'll just read this, in Isaiah 52, in verse 7, it says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims shalom, peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, Yeshua, who says to Zion, your God reigns. So what do we see even in the scripture? We see the parallel of the word salvation, Yeshua, and the word shalom, peace, because it goes hand in hand. You cannot separate shalom from Yeshua. There is, if you don't have Yeshua, if you don't have Jesus, you don't have shalom, you don't have peace. You want to have peace? You have to have the Prince of Peace in your heart. Amen? You, you enjoyed this Hebrew lesson today? We live in exciting, exciting times. Amen? Well, what is, has happened since the Great Commission? So let's go to the next verse from Matthew 28. Remember in Matthew 28, verse 19, Jesus, before he went up to heaven, he said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, just before he went up to heaven, our Lord and Savior Jesus, he chose 12 Israeli disciples and said, Wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit falls upon you and then go and preach the gospel to the rest of the world. Now, let me stop here for a second. If it was me, and I had to choose 12 Israelis, this is what I would choose. Lawyers, doctors, professors, judges, CEOs. But the Lord Jesus chose 12 fishermen, well, except for maybe one, Luke, okay, he was a physician. 12 Israeli fishermen. Oy vey. I mean, why did he choose them? Because God loves to choose, you know, the least. Because he wants to show his glory through us. Amen? God wants to use each one of us for his glory. Man looks at the outside, but God looks in the inside. Amen? So he chose those 12. And he told him to go and preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. And you see that indeed, you know, in, um, after the Holy Spirit falls in Acts chapter 2, you know, Peter gives a sermon and 3,000 Jews come to the Lord. Then later on he gives another sermon, 5,000 come to the Lord. And we see the church growing of 
more and more Jews. In fact, the word church, Christianity, Christendom did not exist. So who were the first believers? Were Jews, Jews only thousands and thousands of them. And you read till Acts chapter 9, you, you read all that the gospel was spread all over Jerusalem, Samaria, and Galilee, and thousands and thousands of Jews came to the Lord, and they were called those Jews who follow the way. So God said, wait a minute. They were supposed to go out to the, reach out the world. We're going to have to do something about it. So there's a story about in Acts chapter 9 about this lady in Jaffa, this old port of Jaffa, by the name of Tabitha Durkas. And she was a great lady, and she died. And by the way, it's a beautiful city, Jaffa. You know why? Because I was born there. <laughs> Jaffa in Tel Aviv is one city today. And we know the rest of the story. Peter comes down from Jerusalem, prays for her, lay hands on her. Resurrection power, she's raised from the dead, and revival happens in the port of Jaffa, and more Jews are coming to the Lord. Then, but then he gets a vision of a white sheet with the wild animals and a voice say, kill and eat. And he goes, no way, Jose, this is not kosher. I'm not doing that. Yeah. But then God tells him, don't call anyone unclean. And then what, the next thing, in Acts chapter 10, he sends him to Caesarea, to Cornelius. Yeah. And the first known Jews who come to salvation is Cornelius and all the Romans that were in this house, and they were baptized right there in Caesarea. Yeah. And then the gospel went from there to the rest of the world, to the, the Roman Empire. So let's see if we can take five minutes, well, seven minutes, and see if we can take 2,000 years of history and concise it in five minutes. Shall we try? Yeah. Mission impossible, but we can do it. Let's try. So what happens after this? A few years later, 70 AD, the destruction of the temple. What happens? Well, the Romans come. And they destroy the city of Jerusalem. They destroy the temple. And they, left, they, they take all the, they kill as much as they, they can. And those, they, they, the leadership of the Israeli from the government in Jerusalem, they took them as slaves to Rome. And as far as the Romans is concerned, they left the land totally desolate. Totally desolate. And they also changed the name of the land of Israel to Palestina. They changed it because they said, there is no more Israel. That's it. We finish with that. And the land is left totally desolate, desert. There's nothing there. There is no more Israel. We'll call it Palestina. So what happened to the church meanwhile? Well, let me give you a couple examples. Well, in 100 AD, there was a church spokesman in the, of the church of Antioch. You know, Antioch was a big church at that time. And this spokesman, Justin Martyr, he started teaching that the Christians now, now are, the church has replaced Israel because there is no more Israel. There's only Palestina. So as far as they're concerned, there is, he, the church has replaced Israel. And he opened the door for replacement theology, which opened the door for more and more anti-Semitism to infiltrate into the church. Then later on, we have in the Council of Nicaea in 2025, the next picture. So the Council of Nicaea 225, it was laid by the Emperor Constantine, which is established Christianity as a religion. 
And then he decided to make all those changes and said one of the things that we want to change is the date of the resurrection because we have nothing to do with those Jews and Passover. We'll have a may, a new, make a new, a new, new date and, and call it Easter. So you could see all the changes that start doing, and they start departing themselves from the Jewish roots. And in fact, they even told those few Jewish believers that were there, if you want to be part of us, you cannot celebrate anymore Passover. You have to cut yourself. You're no longer a Jew. You have to join the church. It was a split that happened right there and opened the door for the church to go into the dark ages. Well, so for centuries, we see the Jewish people being dispersed all over the countries, and they were really persecuted by so-called Christians. But thank God that God is God, and he has changed all this. Amen? So meanwhile, what has happened to the people of Israel? Well, the people of Israel were dispersed to other countries. Why? Well, he prophesied this in Ezekiel 36. Let me quickly read to you Ezekiel 36, verse 19. So I scattered them among the nations. They were dispersed to other countries. I judged them according to their ways and deeds. Verse 24, for I'll take you from among the nations, get you of all, all countries, and I will bring you into your own land. But here is a prophecy in Ezekiel. And he said, one day, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you from the nations and bring you into your own land. I don't know about you, but can you imagine this verse I just read to you, this prophecy was for 2,000 years collecting dust in the library. But then in one day, May 14, 1948, the nation of Israel was born. Can a nation be born in one day? With man, it's impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. And who gets the glory? God. You see... This Bible is true, and everything that God promises is yes and amen. So he, this prophecy was given. Why? To show the whole world and all the nations that God is a faithful God. What he promises, he fulfills. Somebody say amen to that, please. God is a faithful God. So you may sit here and say, well, Avi, this is nice. This is when our first prime minister, David Ben-Gurion, proclaimed independence. May 14, 1948. But let me stop you for a second. You may say, I'm in Los Angeles. Okay, this is in Israel. What this has to do with me? What about the scriptures? Well, let me tell you. There is so many scriptures here and promises to, from God to you, to you, to you, and to you. And the message is that God is a faithful God. The same way he, he prophesied for the people of Israel, there is prophecies for you and you and you. And whatever he promised you, he will fulfill according to his will and his timing. Amen? You say, well, I wish he was quicker. Well, you know, what is 2,000 years for God? One, sorry, 1,000 years a day. What is 2,000? Dos dias. Two days. So it's no problem for God. See, the important is, that God is in charge of the timing of everything, and God is in charge what he promises, he fulfills. And God is a good God. He's a faithful God. What he promises, he fulfills. And who gets the glory? God. Anyhow, I'll show it to you. I'll prove to you. You know, in 1948, when Israel declared independence, 
The first Prime Minister, David Ben-Gurion, proclaimed it on Friday, May 14, 1948, you know. And um, right there, all our neighbors declared war. What, what do I mean by that? See, Israel is surrounded with five Muslim countries. And as soon as Israel declared independence, they declared war. They said, well, this will not happen. Israel will not exist for a couple hours. Why? Because all of the five, five countries, let me quickly clarify, five Muslim countries, Arab countries, in the north we have Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, Jordan in the east, Egypt in the south. All those five countries with, with millions of soldiers, guns, bullets, cannon, tanks, and everything. They said, we're going to come, because in Israel there was about half a million, about 600,000 Jews, no guns, no cannons, no nothing. They said, within a couple hours, we're going to come, kill the Jews, throw them to the sea, and they will never, Israel, be existed. But they forgot somebody important. God. See, my Bible says, he that keepeth Israel shall not slumber nor sleep. Let man be a liar, let God be God. And God did miracles among miracles upon miracles. And who gets the glory? God. In fact, when the war was over, we got more land. So if you ask me, that's a good formula. Please attack us. We'll get more land. Sounds good to me. More than that, David Ben-Gurion, who is not a believer, he said after the war, he said a very important statement. To be a realistic person in Israel... And to be Israeli, to be realistic, you have to believe in miracles. Why? Because they saw so many miracles happen and nobody could explain it. But we can. Because God is God of miracles. Amen? That's what it's all about. Amen? You can see the next picture. So I'm telling, sharing all this with you because until even today, we see Jews coming back home from all over the world. Like, for example, after the war was over in 1948, the world of independence, within a couple of years, the population in Israel doubled because Jews who just survived the Holocaust just came home. And can you imagine within a couple of years, doubled? Can you, happen? can you believe it? This will happen here in Los Angeles yeah. in a couple of years? This population will double? You go crazy, with the, crazy here with the traffic, I'm sure. <laughs> but this is what happened in Israel and Jews start coming back home so we just celebrated 75 years of, of independence and we have more than 9 million people living in Israel you think we were about 600,000 and now we are 9 million in fact more and more Jews are still coming back home even today yes. this is amazing that scripture is being fulfilled and I can tell you for example my parents I'll take a couple minutes and share about my parents. You can show the next picture. See, my parents, they um, my, were born in Bulgaria, Sofia. My, my father survived the Holocaust during the Second World War. And then he came to Israel. And as soon as he came to Israel, they said, the Jewish agent said, Baruch haba, welcome home. Here's a gun. Go and fight. So right there, he, he joined the army and fought the Independence War. And after the Independence War, he met my mother. They fell in love. And at home, uh, they spoke Spanish. A casa hable ladino. They spoke Spanish because we're Spanish Jews. Okay? And uh, when I... When I and you have to understand, I was born and raised in a Jewish home in Tel Aviv. That's all I knew. You know, we celebrated the Jewish feast. and We were very traditional. And, but my parents never talked about what happened in the Holocaust. 
Never talked about it. They didn't want to talk about it. So I, when I finished my high school, then I joined the, the army. You know, in Israel's composed where everybody goes to the army, the boys for three, three years and the girls for two years. So I joined the Israeli Air Force for four years. And when I finished my duty to my country, I said, okay, I saved some money, so now I can go to America. I will go and explore America. I'll go in every discotheque in town, every nightclub. I'll go to Las Vegas, gamble, and become rich. I was lost in sin. But what do I know? So on my way to Las Vegas, that was 39 years ago, on my way to Las Vegas, I stopped to visit my sister. She's married, and she used to live in Florida. And I didn't know she's a born-again believer. So when I arrived there for the weekend, we had Shabbat and everything, and she told me that, uh, I asked her, what do they do in America on Sunday? She told me, oh, on Sunday we rest. We have two Shabbats in America. I said, I like America. Because we work six days a week, and here you work only five days a week. So maybe I should move here. Anyhow. So I went to sleep Sunday morning. But then she came, knocked on the door. She said, Avi, please get dressed and come with us to church. You see, she was, she's a born-again believer. And she tells me, Avi, come with us to church. And I said, excusez-moi. <laughs> what did you say? Are you crazy? Don't you know we're just going to go to church? What's wrong with you? What are you doing in a church? Now, why am I sharing this with you? Because that's normal. When you ask a Jewish person to come to church, that's the way they react. Please don't take it personal. That's totally normal. Keep going. Yeah. And that's what my sister did. She said, oh, you should come. You will love this. This is beautiful. You will love this. There's a lot of... And I go, what do you mean love this? You have to understand, in my mind as a Jew, I've never been in an evangelical church. So when you tell me, come to church, this is what I picture. Historical churches, we have plenty of them on those dead stones in Israel. So you, you go, in my mind, you think you go to a monastery, and you're going to see monks and nuns. And you go to a cave, and then you have to bow down to the statue of Mary, and to the St. Peter, and who knows what. And it's idol worship. So in my mind, I'm not going there. So my sister knew that. She said, it's not what you think. In fact, there's a lot of young people there. They have, they have music. They have a choir. You're going to love this. I said, music, choir, in a church? Unheard of. And a lot of young people, yes, and a lot of singles. <laughs> I said, oh, I should go and check it out. Anyhow, I think last time I was here, I already shared my testimony, so I won't go into details. But to make a long story short, so I went there, and I heard the gospel, and my heart totally, phew, I started crying, and accepted Jesus as my personal Savior and Lord. And I never made it to Las Vegas. Hallelujah. God changed my life totally around. Hallelujah. If, if you want to know more about it, you can go to a look for the message I gave last time I was here with all the details. But why am I telling you all this? Because, you see, if we go back to Ezekiel 36, verse 25, it's very clear that God has a plan. What is his plan? Verse 25, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and it shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And this is exactly what happened to me. And I'm, I'm standing here before you as a living testimony that that scripture is being fulfilled yeah. in front of your eyes. Yeah. 
Why? Because God is not only interested to restore the Jewish people back to the land physically, but he's interested to restore them spiritually as well. Amen? And I want to make it clear, I'm not standing here before you because look at me, you know, I have a beautiful Jewish nose, I have a beautiful Middle Eastern beard, Oh, because I was in the Israeli Air Force, you know, I was a big shot, you know. All those things, they are filthy rags before God. I'm standing here before you because of the blood of the Lamb. I'm standing here before you because of the grace of God. I was provoked to jealousy by those Christians, by those Gentiles who were worshipping the God of Israel. How dare they? Worshipping my God. And that's how I was provoked. And this is how I came to know Jesus. Amen? Amen. Have you read Romans 9, 10, and 11 lately? If you haven't, go home and read it three times. Romans 9, 10, and 11. God has a calling upon you as born-again Christians from the, from the nations to provoke the Jew to jealousy. And please do a good job. And please hurry up because all Israel needs to be saved. If you do your job and Israel will be saved, Jesus is coming back tomorrow. Don't you want him to come? So hurry up. We live in exciting, exciting times. Now, I share this with you because I believe God is preparing the one new man, the Jew and the Gentile, Preparing them to be the bride for the groom. So, what what is happening in Israel? After I summarized all these years of history. Well, I remember when I became a believer, almost 40 years ago. My wife and I, we were looking for believers in the land. There were a few here, a few there. There was a conference we did, and there was maybe a couple hundred believers all over the land of Israel. But you come to Israel today, there are more than 20,000 believers all over the land of Israel, more than 400 local congregations all over the land of Israel today. This is what God is doing in Israel today. We are Hebrew-speaking congregations, Arabic-speaking congregations, Russian-speaking congregations, and even some Hamharit, Ethiopian. All over the land of Israel, the body of Christ is growing. Why? Because of your prayers. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Wow. Okay, Avi. So uh, tell us what's happening now. Well, I want to share with you the latest. We, the local body, we felt, some of the pastors, we felt we need to start a prayer movement. We call it Welcome the King of Glory. And we meet once a month, faithfully once a month. We we meet more than 100 leaders and intercessors, and we pray together in total unity. Pray for for the salvation of Israel, praying for our government and and all that is going on in Israel. And we felt that as, as, as Jewish leaders, that we need to do some prophetic act and take responsibility because God has called us to be the priesthood for our nation. You see... We, we praise God to see Christians coming to Israel. Like before the COVID, before co- Corona started, where you were supposed also to come with a group, remember? At that year, 2019, more, more than 4 million came to Israel. So the, the, the tourism is a big business in Israel. Everybody's happy. Now everybody's coming, so every, the t- Minister of Tourism is very happy. But you know, 
many of them, they go and, and um, do the Holy Land tour and they visit all the dead stones, I call them. But very few really come meet the living stones. Yeah. Only crazy people like Pastor Steve. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. They come and pray with us. Now, we felt this is wonderful to have believers from the nations praying for us. But we, the Jewish Israeli pastors, we need to ask Yeshua to forgive us for rejecting him. You see, we all know that Jesus was rejected at the cross. He said, crucify him, crucify him. We, we don't need him. We have Caesar, blah, blah, blah. But where was Yeshua, Jesus, first rejected? In his own town, Nazareth. So let's show the next slide. So we decided in 19th of December 2019, just before COVID, Corona hit the world, we decided to meet in Nazareth and have a prophetic act and, and invite some uh, uh, also people from the nations. And we con uh, contacted with some leaders from the far Pacific Islands, you know, New Zealand, Australia, Fiji, Solomon Islands, Samoa, Vanuatu, to all these islands that they said, the gospel has reached us and we want to come from the ends of the earth. We want to come back to Jerusalem to stand with you. So we said, yeah, sure, come. So we went to this hill. Remember, you remember, let me uh, remind you. Remember after Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist and then he was tempted with, by Satan in the wilderness? Then he came home before he was ready to start his ministry and do all the miracles. He came home to Nazareth. And what did he do on Shabbat? He went to the synagogue, opened the scroll, and read Isaiah 60. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's sent me to preach the good news. He said, the captive is free. And then he rolled it back and he said, today has been fulfilled. Now you think everybody should be happy. What did they do? They were not happy because he told them we need to go to the nations. So what did they do? They pushed him to the hill and they were ready to throw him and kill him. Poor guy, he haven't even started his ministry yet. You know the scripture? A prophet is not known in his own city. That's exactly what happened. So we felt we need to go to Nazareth and have a prophetic act and, and ask the Lord to forgive us. So we went there. We were hundreds of us uh, from Israel, but also hundreds and hundreds from the nations. And we said, oh, we'll pray for 15 minutes, repent, and see what the Lord will do. And as we started crying to the Lord, the Spirit of God fell on that hill. You can show the next slide. And we were there on the floor for two hours, repenting, repenting, asking forgiveness for rejecting Yeshua in his own town where he grew up, Nazareth. And after this happened, all the Arab brothers came, surrounded us, and said, we want to also to repent that many times the Arab people want to kill you. And we want to stand with you and say, we love you, we support you. Then we had people from the nations, from the far islands. We said, they came and said, we want to also repent for replacement theology. Because we want to stand with you as one. And there we were for hours on the floor crying out to the Lord. And after we finished that, we went back to the conference room. And then we had communion. And as we had communion... We, we brought the shofars and the, and the trumpets and we start proclaiming that we are one body, one body of Messiah. We worship one king, one Lord, and he's our groom. He's the head, and his name is Yeshua HaMashiach. 
I don't know about you, but this gets me excited. You know it gets me excited? Because God is working in the world, but he's also working in Israel, and God is preparing his bride. Now, let's go quickly to Romans. Just read a couple of verses in Romans 11. Oh, I need to finish quickly. Okay, I'll do it quickly. Romans 11. I said then, has God cast away his people? Certainly not from an Israelite, the seed of Abraham. Verse 11. I said then, have they stumbled that they should fall? Certainly not, but through their fall, to provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to the nations. Now, if their fall is riches for the world, and their failure riches to the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? Verse 15. For their being cast away is the reconciling of the world, what be their acceptance be, but life from the dead. You see, Yeshua is coming back for his bride. But for 2,000 years, the bride was half. Can I show the picture? Yeah. Now, how many husbands do we have here today? Husbands? Do you remember the day of the wedding? Of your wedding? Yes? How about if I told you at the day of your wedding, you marry half bride? No deal, huh? <laughs> no way. But can you imagine Yeshua, our Lord and Savior, for 2,000 years, he was waiting for the bride to get ready, and it was only half the gentle part. But now, what's happening? The second part is coming up to join the other half, to make the whole bride. Can we see the next picture? This is what God is doing today. He's preparing the bride, the whole bride, for the wedding. You see, the gospel went out from Jerusalem to the ends of the earth, but now it's coming from the ends of the earth, coming back home to Israel. See, I don't know about you, but this gets me very, very excited. Because after we finished the prayer and the communion we had in Nazareth, okay, we start singing together, Baruch Haba B'Shem Adonai, which means, blessed are you, who come in the name of the Lord. And we were worshiping Yeshua and said, Yeshua, please come. The bride is getting ready. Come, Lord Jesus. Can you imagine how Yeshua feels? He's been waiting for 2,000 years for the bride to get ready. She was stuck for a long time to take care of the hair at the saloon and then the pedicure, manicure, whatever you call it. Visit to, to do all those things. But now she's almost ready. Why? Because the Jewish part and the Gentile part are coming back together, taking their place. So now God is working on the spots and wrinkles. That's why God allowed COVID to happen and Corona. Why? Because God is shaking the world. But not only shaking the world, he's shaking the church because he doesn't want anything of the flesh and nonsense to be part of this. Because he wants us to focus on him and to follow him. That's what God is interested in, is to prepare us for the wedding of the Lamb. And I want to finish with that. I believe more than ever, God is calling us to trust him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean on to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. No more business as usual. 
God is calling us to, to seek his face, hear from him, and follow his footsteps. Because that's what God wants in those last days. And we need to get ready for the wedding of the Lamb. Because he's coming back in the midst of all the turmoil. He's preparing us for a great, great wedding. The wedding of the Lamb. Amen. Thank you very much. God bless you. Thank you, Abba. Very good. Very good. We want to take a moment uh, to just continue to return our hearts. Isn't it just like God to, in the midst of the COVID, the last place we were set to go, we had a team, we were going to be with Avi and his ministry and another 11 other ministries throughout the entire land. And we were there just to go to give and we couldn't. We had an offering to bring, you all collected. And we were hopeful that this little virus thing would go away in a couple of months. And when it became apparent that this was all disrupted, we then just sent the money ahead and said to the, all the congregations that this was what we had, we had intended to bring and now we want you to have it. And so since then, other than the Romeros, who have apostles in Peru, have kept going to Peru to keep things going, and the Caros, who minister in the Philippines, they've continued to go throughout COVID. But as a congregation, we haven't had the next release, and it's just of the Lord to bring an Israeli to call us back to first things, because... God is a God of order. And when we put things in order, we follow his order, then things start to go in that direction for everything else. So thank you, Avi, for being with us today and for calling us back to our, our commitment according to our, our Messiah, your Messiah and my, my Christ, the anointed one, the one who did it all. So we'd like to take an offering and sow into the ministry that has been represented, all the things that are going. Uh, we were talking, there are exciting things happening amongst Israelis, amongst Arab believers, Israeli believers that are positioning their hearts. And I think we're about to see a lot of that happen in our midst amongst all of the multi-generations and multi-nations that are in the United States and California. So you can go ahead and write a check to Jubilee Church or you can go online and you, you, you click, you, You'll need to give us a memo and say, uh, to say Israel, or uh, that'd be fine. And then you will know that this is all going to uh, the ministry of Avi Mizraki and his family and their, all of the multi-ministries you've seen. And while we do that, let's just kind of um, posture our heart. Lord, I was, I'm grateful for the fact that you have forever are always ahead of us. Even when things are stopped and delayed, you're always just moving us with you into where you want to, are going to break out next. We thank you for the faith that has been given today in the proclamation of Yeshua. We thank you for the faith that's been given to us today in, in the faithfulness of God. Thank you for the faith that's been given in the living word of God that we've been living, practicing, reading. Thank you for the charge that you've spoken in the scriptures about the matured bride, about one who 
carries your likeness without spot and wrinkle and wash with the water of your word. Thank you that Israel shall be saved. All Israel, there will be an awakening that you've called it, and that will bring life from the dead to the entire body of our Lord Jesus. So Lord, we sow now with hearts of, of desire. We want to continue the journey. We do not want to be paused. Think of Israel rebuilding the temple being stopped by a decree. And then they 14 plus years and it took the prophet Haggai and the prophet Zechariah to call Israel back on their assignment to rebuild the temple and it was there the prophecy of the desire of all nations would rise and the shaking that he would cause and the calling of nations to himself so Lord as we give today we sow not just for Israel but for the future of the living church on the earth for the maturity of the bride for the completion of the assignments and for all of our lives to finish well, to grow up into you, Lord Jesus, in the head, in every way, in all things, and to from the head begin to release the love and the life of God one to another. We thank you for that. Receive our giving in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead. Come on up. Let's minister. Let's worship while we're doing it. Then I want to release a blessing to everyone. And online, you can do the same, please.
together in the honor of our king, our high priest, and in this holy offering to see salvation go forward into fullness. Your high priest, you met Abraham. Now we come and bring back to you this offering that you would not just supply the needs the saints not just send this ministry this man out in a manner worthy of God but that it would unlock another move of God a strong move through the land of Israel throughout Tel Aviv to Jerusalem to Carmel to Haifa throughout the Negev all throughout the land Israel all of the Arabs there would be a great move of God, that Ishmael would come to stand before you and call on your glorious name, that the spirit of adoption would come upon the land, and all, all, we declare this is our seed sown for this great harvest, this returning, this activation of faith, 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 faith in coming alive in the government faith coming alive in the Hasidic Jews and in all of the ultra-Orthodox. Messiah awakening, revealing himself like you did to the ultra-Orthodox Saul of Tarsus, calling them into their salvation, into their service. We declare these things. That's our heart. That's what's attached. That's our faith. Release. Release, oh Lord, you you who can stand before any man and call any man to bow the knee and to come back into identity, inheritance, and service for your glory. We declare it so. Bring forth our elder brother Israel into your service in totality in Jesus Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, give him a praise. Praise. We believe. Just hold your hands. Lord, you are more beautiful than all I see. You are holy. I heard the Lord say this. It was brought up on our men's meeting yesterday morning. And I believe he just spoke it in my heart. So if it bears witness, then receive it. I felt, Father, you see, I've always loved Israel. Because I, to me, I understand as a natural father, you have natural children, you have spiritual children. Sometimes your spiritual children are closer to the heart of your values and desires than your natural children. But nevertheless, your natural children are always the first in your mind, first on your prayers, first in your belief. And when they hurt, you hurt. I felt the father say, thank you. 
for doing that for my children. And I heard the Father say, I want you to receive a gift, a blessing. So I'm going to do that today for your children. All those who were born of your body, of your seed, I'm coming to extend my hand of healing, help, salvation, grace. And I just believe there is, I'm to release that blessing. That, I believe what the Father said, that's the blessing to release. So Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus, you know this people online here, later online, you know our life story, you know our journey with following Jesus. You know families that have been raised, children, grandchildren, you know all of it. You know all of the storyline. But as we sang, we now again ask you, bring all of our family up into your story. Call forth all who are lost back to salvation. All of the prodigals that we've interceded for four, 16, 18 months into awakening. Your sons and daughters who are called by your name, whom you created for your glory, whom you formed and made, bring them back to you, east and west, north and south. Give them up. Give them up. And we receive, we receive, we receive miracles, signs and wonders, and wonderful testimonies of salvation in Jesus' glorious name. Amen.